What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Bricks and Buckets podcast. Austin has his hat turned sideways. It feels like I'm in a 90s rap music video or something, but we're back in better than ever. Tonight, we're going to look into the NBA playoff picture as it stands right now, April 18th. So for some of these series, we're one game in, some of them were two games in. So we're going to take a look at some of these, offer our thoughts on each series of the NBA playoffs for both Western and Eastern conferences. So Sam and Drew, kick it off. Let's take a look at this Milwaukee and Miami series. What are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, so um, it was kind of an interesting game one. Um, that whole night was kind of a wild night for injuries. We saw the jaw injury. Um, we saw the um, uh, I'm I'm blank. We saw the Giannis. Tyler Hero. And then we saw the Tyler Hero injury. So it's it was kind of a a really wild day, really off day. I think um, we saw Chris Middleton come back for the first time playing on. Um, uh, unrestricted minutes in a while and unexpectedly which i think the um the Giannis injury kind of played uh, a lot into it doubtful for game two um the the miami heat kind of ran away with the game um unexpectedly so uh, and i think that just comes with old jimmy g buckets playoff jimmy is kind of becoming a a, a yep. long-standing storyline so it's true and i uh actually the first podcast back last week, you know, I got it wrong. I said we could see uh, the Heat play the Bucks in the conference finals because I thought they were going to beat the Hawks playing game. But I, I told y'all, and it's not like a hot take or a bold take, but I said I expect uh, Jimmy to show up. He did in game one. Uh, now, to be honest, being out for game two, I expect the Heat to win game two which would be a commanding 2-0 lead for the number eight seed in the East. But we've seen the Bucks uh, be down 2-0 and run off four straight before. They did as much against the Suns in the finals a, a few years back. Um, as long as Giannis is playing on the court, I think the Bucks could be favored in every single game they play. So if Giannis is back for game three, and beyond, I think the Bucks will win four in a row and win in six. But, yeah, the Heat look good. And, listen, I ain't trying to slander this man, but you knew something was off when Duncan Robinson pulled up in the fourth quarter and hit the dagger three. He's not made a three in three years, it feels like. But when he <laughs> hit that three, I knew it was wraps. But, yeah, I mean, the Heat could win game two and then go back to Miami feeling good. But – as long as Giannis comes back, I fully expect the Bucks to win in six. Drew, I agree with you that the Bucks should be favored in every game they play in this series with Giannis. But I do think one of the biggest keys for them in past years when they've been playing at their best, like all around uh, as a team, is when Drew Holiday is playing really, really well. And when I look at this box score and I see a minus 15 for him, that's unacceptable. And I mean, you lose by 13. Yeah, you have Giannis go down, but you can't have a minus 15 in the box score and have a relatively poor shooting night as someone who's got to be probably the third option scoring wise on that team. Um, so I'm looking for him to have a really big game too, with yeah. or without Giannis. 
and uh, they might be able to bounce back just with some better production from him because I like him in terms of both sides of the ball. He can do it all. He's a great two-way player. I like his physicality. I like his aggressiveness. So yes, I'm looking for him to seek better shots, um, maybe get into the paint a little bit more. I think he went two for nine from three. So when you're not hitting threes, I'd like to see him hunt some paint touches, maybe get some easier looks. He only shot two free throws. Get to the free throw line, man. See something go down and have a better shooting night. Yeah, Drew's such a veteran. When, you're, when your star player goes down, that mentality of I need to step up and kind of go to the next level should be there. And it wasn't there. Exactly. Moving on to the next series, uh, we've got Cleveland taking on New York. Currently, as we're... Um, Recording this, uh, New York is getting blown out. Uh, currently, it's five minute, five and a half minutes left in the fourth, ninety nine seventy two to Cleveland. Uh, I think this will be an interesting series because uh, I think we've you know we've seen kind of both sides of the coin here, um, and it's really gonna. I think it's not so much uh, which team's gonna be better, but which team's gonna make the more crucial mistakes later on in this series. We're kind of seeing the the back and forth here with the game one and game two. Um, so it, I'm, I'm very interested. My, my only real thoughts is I'm just interested to see what happens as we kind of get later on into this series, you know, only two games in with a one, one split. It's kind of hard to, to really take a side, at least with these two teams. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. This series is the, most irrelevant series on the east side it doesn't matter who wins this series okay it doesn't because it doesn't matter what level of basketball it is when it becomes a tournament time you look at guards that can guard and who's the best player on the team and i'm mm-hmm. looking and i'm like julius randall rj barrett okay let's go cleveland donovan mitchell okay maybe we got we got some guards but and then you go to Milwaukee and Miami, and you begin to list names and names and names. There's no, there is, there are no guards that can guard in this series as far as top to bottom goes. I mean, you look at the box score for Cleveland right now. Okay, you have 19 total bench points with your team scoring 103 points. So your guard depth is not there. Okay, you don't. Or I'm sorry. That is. I'm sorry. That's a mix that I'm looking at. You only have 19 bench points. Okay, um, and you don't have that Giannis to pick up with a bad bench. Okay, so that's why I'm saying this series is irrelevant, and I don't care who wins it. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I think this series is, is it, it's the one series that I'm not that interested in. I mean, I I I I didn't watch any game one. I I haven't watched game two so far tonight. Uh. And that's that's not to, to be a disrespectful th- thing to say about these two teams, but I have no desire to watch this series. But I will say I think this series goes seven. I mean, the Knicks got the split from Cleveland. I fully expect the Cavs to get the split in New York. So this series will, will go seven. But, yeah, I think whoever wins that first series will beat the winner of this series in the next round. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I I think it's I more of just like a, a contest of future years more than like competing right now. I think we're seeing two teams that are building for the future, not necessarily they're great. It's great that they're there in this situation right now, but they're not really in a spot to contend against teams like Milwaukee, um, like Den or like Phoenix, like 
and you know all, all yeah. these other teams I, I like that point because they're gonna have no chance whoever wins this series is gonna have absolutely no chance against milwaukee and quite frankly even if honestly or even miami. if miami wins that series i don't think either of these teams would compete with mm, miami either. absolutely not but i was really intrigued by this series because before i even saw the seating that it's a four five and it should be one of the more tightly contested series i was like i think these are two teams that have sucked previously and are finally back and playing really good basketball comparatively to what they previously did and i love this matchup and the box score from that game one tells the story for how evenly matched they are field goal percentage 42 43 three point percentage five percent points off 27 and uh, 32 the Knicks shot four more free throws than them the thing that's interesting to me is that the Knicks out rebounded them plus 13 um so when you're out rebounding a team plus 13 i don't know how it's as close as it was um but it's just crazy to see how tightly contested this series is that's kind of what i expected uh and i don't i think one of y'all said you expected to go to seven i agree with that i think i don't really know who's gonna win this series i'd like to see the knicks win this series that might be uh the new york homer in me after living in queens for a year, but um, I'd like to see the Knicks win this series in seven. Moving down to the next series, I'll keep this real short and sweet. I think it's time to bring the brooms out. Um, kudos to Brooklyn <laughs> for playing great after we all thought they were about to tank to the bottom of the league after the KD trade. I mean, awesome for getting a six seed, but I watched game two, all of game two last night, and it was bad in the paint. Um, they had absolutely no stop. Uh, Embiid looked like like Shaq, like early 2000s Shaq, absolutely bodying uh, Claxton and anybody else who they put on him. I mean, it was, they and, and also it was weird on the coaching side of things because they didn't really start doubling him till about three minutes left in the fourth. It's awesome that they got here, but I don't see this game going past four. Uh, I really don't. Yeah, I agree. I love the Nets. I love their story. I love Mikel Bridges. I love Cam Johnson. I watched the whole game yesterday, and if there was ever a game for them to steal, Philly didn't shoot the ball well. They couldn't score yesterday. The Sixers could not score. And and, and Brooklyn and had so many open open shots, and they it's just true. And they scored like twenty eight points in, in the second half. It was really bad. It was it was it was an embarrassment down the stretch. So if there was ever a game to steal, it was last night. I think this one, the Celtics Hawks both. We'll be over in four. Yep, and I I think we can lump those both in honestly, um, because we yeah. just we just saw like, I mean I think the Trey Young era in Atlanta is coming to an end. Um, the rumors rumor mills are starting to 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 swirl a little bit. Chicago, what? Um, and when you look at a <laughs> a neg with when you're when you're supposed to be your superstar player on your team has a negative eighteen plus minus. I mean, that's just telling. I mean, it's just... And then you have possibly um, one of the best duos in Tatum and Brown, which Brown didn't have a crazy night, but, I mean, Tatum is playing out of his absolute mind, and it's amazing to watch. That's kind of wrapping up the East, flipping countrysides here. Denver actually playing well in the playoffs. Granted, they are playing Timberwolves, who play worse with Rudy Gobert on the on the floor. But yeah, hey, 
speaking of that, I thought the Wolves would give them a – I mean, it was it was only one game, but I think that game one is going to be a testament to how the rest of the series is going to go. I thought the Wolves could have something for them with having two big, especially the way Cat played in those two play-in games. He was unreal. Mm-hmm. Against the Lakers, he was the best player on the court. I mean, he got beat, but he was the best player on the court. Against the Thunder, I love the Thunder, my boys. He embarrassed the Thunder from the jump. Now, it, 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 that's what a big man should do against the Thunder, whose tallest player is like 6'7", but like still, he, he cooked him. And then he was soft again in the first game of the series. I think the Nuggets win in five. I expect the Wolves, they have uh, – Anthony Edwards is, is uh, too good to get swept, I think. I think he'll have a game where he just goes nuclear. But I was surprised by that game one. They 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 looked like they didn't belong on the same court. It was weird. <laughs> and it's nice just seeing Jokic with some help. I mean, honestly, he's been alone for his last couple of playoff trips. And finally seeing Jamal Murray healthy on the court yeah. and Michael Porter. It's just it's nice to see one of the most efficient players of all time have some help. And he can actually play out of his mind. So, that's what I was about to to touch on is Jamal Murray back in the playoffs, being a leading scorer, but actually getting a win instead of being the leading scorer in the game and just playoff loss after playoff loss. Because um, I remember, uh, it was it was twenty nineteen summer twenty nineteen in South America watching the Nuggets and Jamal Murray just emerging um, for nothing really. Um, just to lose a series, but it's nice, nice to see him. <laughs> plus twenty four, plus twenty four. I love it. Yeah, he's just so, a fun player hey, to watch. Oh yeah. Hey, something. I think that this series is. I mean, as much as we're only one game in, this series is pretty much over in my mind. But if the Timberwolves want to win a game in this series, they cannot give up forty eight points in the paint. And I want to look at like a shot chart at some point and see how that's distributed among the players of the Nuggets. But if you're giving up 48 points in the paint, golly, guys. I mean, you're just you're not going to win. And not to mention they got out-rebounded by, uh, I think, 16. With Rudy Gobert, who's well, supposed to be one of the best paint defenders in the league. Hey, look, listen, it goes back to what I said about tournament play guards that can guard. Doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. have bigs. If you can't stop the ball, your bigs are no good to you because. Oh, exactly. And the reason why they're getting, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly, X is no why they're getting out rebounded and outscored the paint is because they can't defend the ball because they their guards are trash. I mean, Mike Conley is your best guard. And he's fifty years old. Okay, is they can't stop penetration. Therefore, your help side are the big guys. Okay, so you're either getting lobs or pocket passes to yeah. your bigs on offense. Jokic and Gordon, okay, there and 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 the rebounds as well on the missed shots. They're go barren towns. They're out of position as well because they're having yeah. to help a guard who can't guard. Yeah, yeah. It's a testament to uh, the Wolves now look like the Jazz had the past few years because they lost McDaniel's with the broken hand. He's a top five point of attack defender in the league, and him getting hurt. They don't have people to defend. I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker did a great job on Shea. 
the plane, but that's because they're cousins. He knows every single thing Shane wants to do. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have that with the rest of the league. So them losing Jaden McDaniels was extremely detrimental to whatever hopes they had to make a run, I think. Austin's exactly right on that point, though. It's like when you have bigs that are shot blockers, they have to be really, really smart when they're playing help defense because if your guards get beat and you come up to help, you have to wall up. You can't go up and try to block shots because the second you come over and help and you try to block a shot, you're now out of rebounding position and you're going to get out-rebounded every single time because they're just, if they miss, then they're going to throw it probably over the rim and then they got somebody else come in to clean it up on the other side. Uh-huh. So, I mean... They're just going to have to figure it out in the paint. I think that's going to be their biggest thing. Both of them are like relatively quality shooting teams, and I don't think one of them is going to shoot the lights out more than the other. The Timberwolves are going to have to figure themselves out in the paint if they want to win a game or win this series. Next up, the other 4-5 matchup. And just like with the um, the uh, East, I think this goes to 7, but I don't think it's because um, neither team, you know, you can't tell them. I mean, they're both extremely elite teams but these are both possible uh contending teams in my mind especially if la can get past this um the series and get pg back um but you have la with the game one upset something i didn't expect i was fully expecting you have a, a, a lights out night from chris paul devin booker KD, and like it was it was, and it was also really nice to see KD and Russ match match up against each other, and it almost seems you know it's been what how many years now since they were on the same court as teammates? Um, it seems like they've seven kind of, years. Seven years, yeah. It seems like they've kind of like buried the hatchet a little bit, and it was cool. And it's really cool to see the revitalization of Russ. Dude's looked like a different player since he's been in, well, been in LA. I say swap sides from the Lakers to the Clippers. But dude, dude's playing really well, honestly, really efficient. And that's something we haven't seen for a long time. I watched game one. It's great. I'll say there were two big things that, that um, stood out to me in game one from Clipper side. One, people have gotten on Kawhi for years for skipping some regular season games, for doing load management. But obviously... He does that, so he's fully healthy in time when it matters. And I'll be completely transparent. I'll put my hand up and I'll say I messed up because I forgot how deadly. Oh my gosh! Kawhi Leonard would be. <laughs> I, the, the 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 precision of this man's game. He dropped thirty eight, and it mm-hmm. looked like he was just another walk in the park. Hit back to back clutch threes. Hit so many tough turnaround fadeaways over. 6'11", Kevin Durant, with, with a long wingspan. His release point is the same every single time, mm-hmm. and he's so consistent. So all that to say, I think that load management is a problem, but I'm fine with it <laughs> if we get to see prime Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. <laughs> it was so much fun. So that's my first point. My second point is I love Russell Westbrook. He's my favorite player ever, of course. I'm a big Thunder fan because of him. Um, obviously, he didn't shoot the ball well at all in game one. It's 3-19. But I've never seen him try as hard defensively as he did that game. He's running, running around screens, like like a, a chasing down Kevin Durant. And he played some really good defense 
on KD's pull up from behind. You know, he would get the ball from behind, or he had a few back taps. The fight mm-hmm. that he showed, and he had a couple really big offensive boards in that fourth quarter. And his heart, I know this sounds really corny, but I don't think anybody on the court is going to match Russ's heart. He's, mm-hmm. He won't shoot it well, but it's it was so much fun in game one. He outworked everybody. And, of course, this play has been over social media, but his block to win the game on Devin Booker, it's a testament to the whole game. You know, mm-hmm. he blocks him, and D. Book is crying to the refs while the ball's still in play. And Russ hits it off, <laughs> off deep, but it's just a testament to people will not outwork Russell Westbrook. So much fun to watch. I'm excited to see how this game tips off in a few minutes. But all that to say, if Russ is playing as hard as he's playing, and if Kawhi is playing as efficient as he's playing, I don't think this series goes seven. If the Clippers, yeah. the Clippers get. If Clippers win game two tonight in Phoenix, it starts to get a little serious. It starts to get <laughs> a little for real. If they go back to Los Angeles up 2-0, I wouldn't be surprised if the series didn't go back to Phoenix for game five. And and mm-hmm. here's the thing. Um, if they can get past this series, um, get PG back, and then Russ doesn't have to take 19 shots a game, and he, yes. can, he can play that more like – defensive just team player role and i think that's where russ really needs to be at this stage in his career because he's not going to be mm-hmm. as driving dominant as he used to be back in the day i think that's, that's a true. deadly trio that's a really deadly trio because i mean we know how pg can be offensively speaking he can take he can shoulder that load that westbrook is trying to and maybe not as efficient at right now um so I, you might have, you you know you might have won me over there a little bit drew so <laughs> Sam. One thing tonight that I want uh, you guys to pay attention to, okay? I'm looking at box score right now. And I'm a big plus-minus guy because plus-minus shows everything that matters in basketball. Well, mo- mo- most, most, okay? <laughs> most. Don't chalk right, it up we'll... to one stat, Austin. Do what? Don't just chalk it up to one stat. There's so right. much more. <laughs> so, again, I'm going back to guards that can guard. I'm looking at the Clippers bench, okay? Obviously, Mason Palmley. The only other person with more heart on the floor would be Russell Westbrook. <laughs> um, and that's any floor from probably when he was like rec league six years old till now. But Mason Plumley plus 16. Okay. Tyrants Man plus 13. Norman Powell plus 11. Uh, Bones Highland plus 13. Those are the only four guys off the bench for them. And then we go over to Phoenix. Okay. And they've had like seven guys off the bench minus 10, minus 12. Minus 11, minus 8, minus 1, minus 14. You could say yeah. this is like the series that has the most stars in it, which I, I I believe that to be so. As far as you take first five and first five, it's it's star heavy. But who's complimenting who the best? Again, it's the guards that can guard. It's the guards that come in to, to relieve Westbrook and all these things. They don't take a hit when Westbrook goes to the bench, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Plus minus is showing it. It'll be a thing to watch over the series. I'm serious. Bench play. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Sorry, I, I, I could be short, but the Suns bench is doo doo. That's that, that's all I have to say. It's so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. That is a great point, Austin. It that's a big. As long as the Clippers can be either have the starters be a plus or be be 
a very close to a neutral, they got a good shot because this one's benched doo-doo. Moving on to the three and six seed in the West. This has been interesting. Um, we saw we saw the, the Sacramento Kings light the beam twice. First off, can I just say, personally, I think the whole light the beam celebration might be the coolest celebration I've seen for like a whole fan base, a whole state. Like I've never seen something like it. I saw it game one, and I was like, this is next level. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I need more of it. Um, so we saw we saw <laughs> <laughs> we saw Sacramento, which it's not okay. Seating wise, it's not an upset, but I think in most people's mind, the Kings winning going up 2-0, I think most people would uh would probably say those are upsets. Um, not to discount anything the Kings have done this um this season, but the um the Warriors are seasoned playoff it's a season playoff squad you know you have your your Steph Clay um Dre Draymond trio and this has been kind of a spicy um spicy series we've seen some especially in this game too some controversy uh, I can't wait to hear Drew's thoughts on Sabonis the Sabonis Draymond stuff um I'm mm-hmm. loving I'm lo- and and as of today if I saw saw the notification right De'Aaron Fox is one of the most uh clutch player uh, for the year, so shout out to shout out to the the Kings, man. It's exciting. Yeah, um, I've adopted a fandom for the Warriors because I love Steph Curry and love Draymond Green. So this could come off a bit biased. I will be transparent and admit that. But Demontis Sabonis has been at least in Game Two. He was so bad in game one that he, I didn't really care about him because he was like, he couldn't score, couldn't do anything on the court. He scored well in game two, but I didn't know that he was that much of a flopper. The whole game he was flopping. And I'll keep this short. The whole Draymond play where he stomped on his chest, if you watch that play in full, Sabonis falls to the ground because he pulls Clay Thompson down, which is dirty. And then he holds on to Draymond's leg which is dirty, like, like actually extremely dirty. Like, that's that's something you don't do. And then Draymond just completely blows it up and stomps on his chest, which he shouldn't have done. But it's a bonus. <laughs> As expected, right? Yes, yes. But, <laughs> uh, again, I get the risk of me sounding very um, subjective here. But it's a bonus. The whole game was flopping, had – a few dirty shots here and there. So spare me the crying from Kings fans. Spare me the crying from Sabonis. Spare me the crying from Coach Mike Brown. I love Mike Brown, but his post-game press conference was pitiful. Spare me all that crying. I hope the Warriors come out and win the next four, which they very well could because the next two are at home. If they win game five in Sacramento, they go back home for game six. So they very well could. But they're gonna have to get production from Jordan Poole if they want to win this series. He's 100%. been pitiful. He he got hurt in, in in the first game, but that's as long as he's playing, he needs to be efficient. And he looked like he didn't belong on the court yesterday, which is not good for their chances going forward. So he has to be better. I also think Andrew Wiggins has to be more aggressive with his 
is shot selection because when his when he's shooting well, the team is better. If you remember in last year's finals, people thought he should have won finals MVP because he was so important for that series. He has to show up if, if, if this team wants to beat the Kings. And I think the Warriors will have a bounce back at home. They always have, man. They always come back, I feel like. So they always have a response when they get punched in the mouth. So, yeah, I think Stephen can uh, personally testify that when the Warriors get punched in the mouth, like last finals, they're down 2-1 to your Celtics. Uh, they respond pretty well, huh? Yeah, I wasn't actually even thinking about Ooh. that, but I will speak to it. Because um, one of the things looking at the uh, the team stats is the Warriors are a team that shoots it at a very high clip. And if they can get hot, then I have some issues with saying that the Kings have a chance winning this series. So you look at this and they look at or they shoot it at 32.5% in game two from three. That is not close to what they probably shoot at average per game. So if they start getting some better shots and shooting it better, I don't see how they don't win this series. I mean, I think it, it could very well go to seven because the, uh, the Kings could probably win another game um, because they're getting to the free throw line at a higher, uh, higher volume than the Warriors are. And the funny thing about that is, is there were almost the same amount of fouls. Uh, the Warriors only had one more foul than the Kings did, but the Kings were drawing fouls that took them took them to the free throw line. So they got six more points off free throws, and then they ended up winning by eight. So I see that as a big key to the game. Like whoever can get to the line more, knock down free throws, and then if the Warriors can just shoot it a little bit better, then there I don't think they'll have any problem winning the series. I just want to say you make a good point about free throw shooting, and again. At the risk of sounding biased, I don't care. Put this on TikTok, <laughs> on Instagram, whatever. Why can't the greatest point guard of all time get a foul call? He can't. He doesn't shoot free throws. And I, I get it. He shoots a, a lot of threes. He got fouled on threes yesterday. When he drives to the rim, he gets fouled on drives to the rim. He can't buy a foul call. He's a top five player in NBA history. Give Steph Curry some foul calls. That's all. Thank you. I mean – it's honestly, <laughs> I you have a lot it's, of Steph fanboys on your side, and, and and pose with books that he doesn't read like LeBron does. <laughs> that is that is one thing oh I always say. Steph isn't a big complainer, and that's one thing I've always loved about that's him. True, I've 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 really respected. Him. Dude is not uh, uh, true, and it's not just LeBron. I mean, a lot of people do it, uh, and I think at the end of the day, this is the Warriors to win, and this is the Warriors to lose. Um. Either the Warriors can step up like they can, 100% can, and come back, um, or they, they keep playing inefficient um, and, and they lose. All right, last series up here. Uh, Memphis versus L.A. Um, we saw the Grizzly. I mean, they showed it over and over and over again. The uh, Thankfully, the X-rays came back negative on Jaw. But man, uh, what a what a bit of a heartbreaker I think for a lot of people. Um, they're seeing the jaw injury, especially for someone who just wants to see LeBron out of the playoffs. Personally, there's some anti-LeBron bias there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This one's interesting. Um, I think the the Grizzlies have a lot of grit, and I think if they can make this series last with how injury prone um, 
LeBron and AD currently are, I think they can make this still really interesting, even with how doubtful Jai is. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. winning Defensive Player of the Year. Shout out to that guy. Absolute beast. Um, but yeah. I just don't know in this series who I'm supposed to pull for because it feels like it's it's Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin going head-to-head. Oh my because God. I hate the Grizzlies. I hate the Lakers. I'm really not sure as to who I'm supposed to root for. But can I even you know, put that in? Should I even? Can I put that in? Can we put that? That's yeah, gonna get. Yeah. That's gonna get flagged in other countries. Dude, there's no way. <laughs> but yeah, all that I say, I hate both these teams, so I don't care who wins. Same. Thank you for coming up. Problem is, you have Jaron Jackson and Hachimura as your leading scorers for this game who the crap wants to watch that hey he did have a good game <laughs> who wants to watch that yeah hey austin austin chill you know what i do want to watch the lakers scoring 26 fast break points Damn. that's what i do want to watch and them shooting it at 43 percent, which i don't think they can maintain from three they shot it 43 percent from three and Rui contributed majorly to that shooting five for six there is no way in hell that they can maintain that so like and i see i see the uh 26 fast break points as potentially like something that came about from jaw going down um because i think he's just so fast and he like he plays so hard that i think if he's in the game more he maybe eliminates six of those and evens that stat out a little bit um so I think it's going to be a little bit more tightly contested in the next few games. Um, hopefully, Jock can get back. Uh, but I just don't think LA is going to be able to shoot it well enough down the stretch consistently to win the series, honestly. Hey, but shout out my boy uh, Logan Whaley. Uh, got to ask LeBron a question that got posted on NBA TV, Sports Center, like ESP. Like, dude blew up. So shout out. I love it. Bleacher Report, all that stuff. Yeah, man. Um, this is a any any final thoughts overall, you know, from anybody on anything. Yeah, let's get to the quarterfinals and get this first round over with. <laughs> Man, I'm excited. I'm I'm having fun with this. Uh, I I need to watch a little bit more, but man, I think some of these matchups are so intriguing, especially with injuries happening it's like it just makes things a little bit more uncertain so you just have like no idea what's going to happen <laughs> with some of these matchups but i love it i'm excited man yeah it's true Guys, warriors i'll shut up I'm, I'm with you i'm with you but before sam or steven closes out i want to give a shout out to the old ball coach coach ronnie stapler um legend and this a legend basketball coach in the state of Alabama, especially North Alabama, the Huntsville area. Fifty-three seasons as a varsity head coach, announcing his retirement. Um, he was not my varsity head coach. I played AAU with the program he developed, and he actually coached my group because um, when I was coming through, he was coaching girls, so he could coach guys. Um, he and his son, Scott, um, which Scott was the one coach of Coastal Carolina, a European agent for players, um, and who two, two coaches that have devoted their 
um, adult careers to molding young men and young women, uh, to basketball players and, and, and to, to great humans. But Coach Ronnie, retiring, three state championships, 18 area championships, 12 Final Four appearances. Um, I mean, the list could go on and on. So just a, a, gr a great time, and I'm, I'm super happy for him. So just wanted to give him a shout out. He doesn't listen to this. He can't even turn his phone on, but, you know, shout out. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, uh, that's such a big part of the game, Austin, like pouring in and like making such a big impact in players' lives. And I'm excited for us to be able to talk about stuff like that uh, on future episodes. We talk about stuff like that, uh, you know, player development, um, having players year round, more NBA stuff, more college stuff like the portal, um, maybe the G League, just a lot more to come. So uh, we're excited to get some more topics in for you guys and make sure y'all join us on the next one. Peace. Peace.